Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Monday. It is November the 13th. Monday, Monday. We're getting started off right away. Today is one of those days that's going to get very, very strange, very, very fast. Uh, look forward to a big week here at the Kyle Serafin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you being with us. We're streaming live from Liberty Hill, Texas, America, 0830 here in Central Time, 930, where you are sitting on the East Coast, perhaps, maybe very early. If you are on the West Coast or if you're in Arizona in the mountains, like my mother, who's in the live chat right now, it's just one hour earlier, 730. That seems tolerable. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a Hold the Line episode today. Now, Hold the Line is kind of a double entendre, so I'm going to kind of break it out for you. Hold the Line might mean something like Sheila Jackson Lee yelling at me, um, showing pictures of the checks that I wrote that I couldn't give to my friends because uh, we were afraid of the IRS implications. Hold the Line might mean that you hold a defensive position, that you hold a line in the sand and you don't give up. But it also has kind of a funny old-fashioned meaning for those of you who are too young to remember. There used to be a thing called landlines. They would dial up and people would ring and it would come off the phone on your wall. You pick it up and there'd be a line running all the way to it until we had cordless phones. And you would say, hey, hold the line to whoever it was. And then you would go get your brother, your sister, your mom or your dad, whoever the phone was for. You'd hold the line for a minute. It was a phone conversation thing. And we have both of those as a possibility today. We're going to try something uh, alive a live Kyle Serafin show first. We're going to make a dial up here. We're going to dial for some uh, for some closure and see what that happens with. Uh, we'll see if that happens. We'll see if it, it actually works out. We've we've tested it. You guys know that we've taken uh, live calls or we've taken calls from the prison system in the DC Gulag, so it should work. Uh, but stick around to the end of the show because it might get real spicy and strange. I'm going to have Garrett O'Boyle joining me. If you guys are seeing that on Twitter or on True Social, that is obviously going to be the case in a little bit here. A lot of today's show is going to give him an opportunity to react to some things that have happened in the news that you haven't heard. And we want to get into that shortly. Before we do, I want to say thanks to my friends over at Catholic Vote for being wonderful sponsors of our program, wonderful people. You can check out The Loop by just going to their main page at catholicvote.org. Today's Loop is going to have things like Bishop Strickland being removed, suggesting why. I guess he called out the Pope, and that's not a good thing to do. Uh, maybe politics in the Catholic Church. You're going to talk about Tim Scott suspending his presidential campaign. Who will he send his, his support behind? I don't think he had any support. I don't think it makes the difference whatsoever. Another bill out there that will protect parents from the so-called trans whatever activists out there. Check out the loop. Really easy to do. And I'll let you know this. If you want to donate, there's a give button in the top right-hand corner of catholicvote.org. You can donate to Catholic Vote. And uh, any number of denominations are available to you. They are currently in a protracted legal battle with the FBI, my former employer, trying to get more documents. They got their first documents, which we are not quite yet uh, combing through about the radical traditionalist Catholic things, the FBI targeting Catholics, but Christians more broadly. So if you want to get into the fight, you can do that there. They are not affiliated with the Catholic Church. They are a lay person organization. That's to say they're regular people who just happen to be Catholics that have gotten together and are trying to move the needle. And the type of candidates that they support are likely the kinds that you do as well. So go ahead and check out catholicvote.org. Hit the give button if you want to give to them and uh, they will appreciate it. They really do. And they've been outstanding for us. I just told Ryan, like there is no better sponsor than Catholic Vote for us. Um, all right. All that being said, let's get really rowdy today. I want to bring on my friend, a suspendable and a dear brother and just an awesome human being. We got cut off the last time because there was suspicious internet activity in his area. I'm sure it was no big deal. Uh, let's bring on GOB Actual, the man, Garrett O'Boyle. Hello. You're in a new location. It sounds flatter and cleaner. Are you in a studio? 
it's just becoming more studio-esque. It's the same room I w- I've been in, just uh, rejiggered, remanipulated, reestablished. Rejiggered is a good word. I, I haven't heard that one in a little while, Fred. All right, so here you are. Do uh, you want to talk about the suspicious, weird internet activity that happened uh, last week when we were going to bring you on with Kurt? Yeah, bizarre. So I had been logged in. I don't know. We've probably been chatting uh, on the live stream before we went live for 10, 15 minutes. Um, people may not know, but uh, Kurt was one of the first people that I had contacted after I got suspended like that that day i talked to him a lot on september 26 2022 and uh the oddities with technical devices started then um i remember i was leaving jason foster's office which i believe i had uh foot surveillance on me then too i could have been who is jason foster oh he's the uh president or what he's a founder of empower oversight which is uh like a whistleblower nonprofit. and so i met with him uh, first and Kurt was trying to call me while I was meeting with him. And so when I left, I tried to call Kurt back. I tried to call Kurt back and um, I get a hold of him and then like it's real choppy and then it like drops the line. And then when I try to call him back, I keep getting this automated message that I forget exactly what it said, but it was one I had never encountered before. And eventually I was able to get a hold of him and I told him what had happened. He's like, Yeah, they probably tapped your phone. I'm like, like, we just casually say stuff like that. Kurt is probably the most suspicious person I've ever dealt with, but he's also like a cyber attorney and spent 24 years at the bureau. So it's not like he doesn't know what he's talking about necessarily. Yeah. So it started, it all started way back then. And then, uh, you know, we were chatting about maybe some of the things we were going to talk about. Yeah. I think we might've even mentioned that. And then, uh, I believe you had just hit roll and it was your intro. And then Ryan texts me and he says, Hey, we lost you. And so I'm trying to get my internet up and running and I can't, it's not working. It's connected. Um, It just says no internet. And I'm like, what the heck, man? And then like 10, 15 minutes later, I get a text message from Spectrum that says, yeah, there's an outage in your area. We plan on having it back by 11 a.m. When the show is over. Right. And then then we went long. You guys went long. And so I was working on other stuff, which is kind of hard to do when you don't have an internet connection. But I was I was like packing uh, merch orders and whatnot and trying to figure some of that out just with my phone. And then I get another text while while you guys are still live. And then it says, oh, now we expect the internet to come back uh, no later than 1130. So they added and 30 then, minutes. Uh huh. But then at 1030, my time, you guys wrap up. And at like 10.33, voila, my internet's back. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. No big deal. And so I come I come up from the basement where I where all like the merch stuff is. And I see outside that there's an AT&T van sitting out there, which I found bizarre because I don't have AT&T. I have Spectrum. And <laughs> he's just sitting out there. Poor in his- research into subjects, pattern of life, <laughs> and uh, homeowner's bills, mail cover failure. <laughs> A mail cover for folks, if you've never seen this, there's a technique that you can use when you're a federal agent. Actually, all law enforcement has the ability to do it. A mail cover is where you actually get to see. It's kind of like that um, predictability, like what's coming to me in the mail that you get from the uh, the mail service. The mail scans every front page of what's going on through your mailbox, and they can make it available to federal agents with a certain type of paper process called a mail cover. So then they can see what you're getting. Maybe they would have seen, maybe they saw an advertisement for AT&T and just uh, assumed that you already had the service even though your bill was from Spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. And so it's like, okay, this is weird. And uh, so, so I, t- I start, I take some pictures of it and, you know, I'm not just going to stand in the window and wait for him to leave or or whatever, but I'm like, I'm going to check on this every now and then. And, 
you know, how long is a service call usually? I, typically, like, not too long, you know? And so I don't Usually know it's long longer it's waiting for them to show up, and then the 90 right. seconds they're there to tell you that they can't help, right? Yeah, and so I don't know how long <laughs> he had been there before I saw him. Probably, well, who knows? I mean, who knows? He could have been there for five minutes. He could have been there for 50. Who knows? Uh, but then uh, my family, they get home maybe 45 minutes later, and Heidi's like, hey, uh, did you see that AT&T van out there? I'm like, I sure did. It's been there for about an hour now. And he stays there. And we're like, what the heck? And I still had never seen him out of the van. And so um, we're like, well, let's go uh, see what he's up to. And we recorded it and uh, asked him what what was up. And he was like, oh, hey, um, yeah, I'm actually just here for the neighbor. And we're like, why? <laughs> and he's like, oh, to repair their optic cable. And we're like, okay. You working we're on like, that anytime soon? Or are you just yeah, we're like, which neighbor? And he's like, oh, well, the, what, this one. And it's like, okay, I don't know if I believe you. And I mean, I'm sure Sec D right now is like, that wasn't us. That was actually, that was actually AT&T. These guys are crazy. And it's, it's like, yeah, But I'm going to talk about that too, because that's the nature of what the police state feels like. Right. Um, right. So, folks, this is what you're going to get. We're going to get a bunch of videos, uh, just sort of the progression that's going on in this country. It was Veterans Day over the weekend. It's important. Garrett's a veteran. I'm a veteran. Uh, Garrett obviously served combat time, which is something I can't claim. And uh, and I'm really grateful for all of you who did serve and for those of you who suffered injuries in the line of service for this country. Like, uh, just seriously, a sincere debt of gratitude is owed by the American people, but not the American government. The American government doesn't care about you, as many of you know. Many of you have worked uh, with the VA, and it's awesome in some areas. Actually, in the state of Texas, it's very, very good. In uh, New Mexico, it's atrocious. They kicked me out because I refused to put a mask on when people were walking around with their masks like under their chin in the actual facility. I offered to draw my own blood in the parking lot, which is something that would have been very funny for me to do, but they didn't let me do it. Uh, and I got kicked out by a guy wearing a dirty army mask that uh, was cloth, like a diaper or a pair of panties over his face. And I know my friend FBI Panty Raid would like that. But uh, it's, it's totally absurd. It's a completely arbitrary use of power. That's the nature of tyranny. And it actually escapes because of the because of the anonymous nature of the bureaucratic system that allows people to hide behind position with no name and no accountability to their faces. So we don't actually know. I woke up this morning uh, before 4 a.m. and it's now 8.41 my time. So I've been up for almost five hours and I laid in my bed and I didn't get up and I just listened and I thought, and all I did was run through the scenarios. What if the FBI kicks the door down today? It doesn't mean it's gonna happen. It doesn't mean it's even probable that it's gonna happen. It just feels like a possibility and many of you guys have the same feeling. And on top of that, I thought, my, my wife and my daughter are sleeping downstairs. I tend to sleep upstairs right now because the show and the baby wakes up and we kind of like split duties. My wife is like an absolute champion when it comes to handling the duties of, of being a mom and, and nursing a newborn. And I have the kids upstairs. What if, what if the SWAT team decides to roll through the door or because that's who they'd send or HRT decides to come through the door from my house? I don't know that it's probable, but it's certainly possible. And so I sat there and just kind of worried about it for about two and a half hours. Until I got up and started the day and talked to Ryan, told him I felt sick. I felt awful. Uh, it's the way that I wake up. And I know Garrett has that same exact feeling. There's no amount of money that can compensate you for thinking that your government will come after you for doing something that you didn't do anything wrong. Maybe you can kind of reflect on that for a moment, Jer uh, Gerald. Jer yeah. I, uh... <laughs> Garrett, you could tell you could tell I've been awake and I got no sleep. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. I know what you mean. <laughs> we were, Garrett and I were talking last night till almost midnight, too. So we were going back and forth till almost midnight. And then we're up and, you know, we're doing it again four hours later. Uh, awful. Anyway, go ahead, my buddy. Yeah, uh, this um, this life that that we're in, it it definitely uh, has a has a way of filling up every little bit of space in your brain uh, that you have. But um, you know, I guess along those lines, I think it was Carrie Pickett. I talked to her last week, and she asked me 
what my life is like now. And I, I gave her a, a long rambling answer, I'm sure. But one part I remember that sticks out is that I told her that every morning, once I make it past 6 a.m., I know that today wasn't the day. And I've, I know I've talked about that on here before. And I told her that my current life, the way I live right now, is under constant threat that an FBI SWAT team is going to kick in my door, frighten my wife and my children. Yep. <sighs> Just give me a sec. Yeah, man. And take me off to prison and put me in a gulag if they don't kill me first. Which is also so, a real possibility that we we sort of contend with. Like, yeah. Let me tell you something that you probably haven't heard. It's not going to make you feel any better, but you might as well hear it. Uh, one of my buddies who has, let's just say, has visibility to what the National Evidence Response Team is able to do was covering that Tennessee shooting where mm -hmm. we didn't get a lot of details on what went on. And supposedly right. the guy had a gun. And I said, what's the story? And he goes, it looks really, really bad. But um, it'll be a good shoot when they're done. Well, of course. They investigate. They investigate. It's like just it's just like us. Everything they do, if there's a propensity for evilness, they investigate it themselves so they can say, oh, nothing to see here. Move along. Just like the stormtroopers in, in Star Wars. Move along. Move along. And, and let's put this out into people's heads. The people that do the investigation for the FBI shooting is the inspection division. That's the same division that owns people like Dina Perkins, who... We just read an article uh, and talked to Kurt Suzdak about. We got another article we're going to end the day with today that uh, talks about what went on there and the sort of the allegations against uh, Dina Perkin and a guy named Sean Clark. So all of that stuff is to say these people, they're all in the same like they've got a small little cadre of folks that have been captured and and they're gonna they're gonna protect the bureau, and we know that and that's the worst part about being someone who comes out of the inside. We have a guy that's like reaching out and he's like, look, I'm suing the FBI because they're they're getting training by the ADL. It's like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like the ADL never influenced any training that I ever did. And I'm a thinking individual. Like it doesn't matter. In fact, the ADL training we did, the Anti-Defamation League, is actually some of the best training we did, period. And apparently nobody heeded it. And that was the stuff that we did at the Holocaust Memorial Museum. That was a co-project between the FBI and the ADL. And I can tell you definitively, it is some of the best training I've ever had for messaging and for impact. And I was in the military for four years worth of training where I did nothing but train. And I spent six years in the federal service. So in 10 years of federal trainings of which you get countless every year, ADL actually helped put on the best FBI training and the best government training that I've seen. So not everybody is bad all the time. You can dislike the ADL and what they do. And I do think they're a partisan organization, just like the SPLC. But yeah. it doesn't mean that they don't hit home runs every once in a while. Right. It's like the ACLU, too. I would say, by and large, I probably disagree with most of the things they're putting out. But then some of the stuff they could not be more correct on, like FISA 702, for instance. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, all right. Do you want to elaborate on any more of the uh, sort of the, the instinct of sitting there and, and wondering if today's the day and what that might look like? I know you got a little chance to compose yourself better. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially in light of Veterans Day, you know, I think the first time I came on your show, it was right around Memorial. I think it might have been actually Memorial Day, a couple of days after I testified and we got back here. But um, it's interesting how these days, July 4th is another one I think of like they man, they're so tainted now because, you know, I, I've had friends texting me in the last few days, a lot of them veterans themselves saying, hey, man, you know, happy Veterans Day and all that. And I think, like, I, I actually regret ever serving this country at all. This country, you know, you've said it before. 
the America we grew up in would in, invade the America we're living in. And I think that's absolutely the truth. Um, and part of me is upset at myself and, and our generation and the generations before us because it's our fault. It's, it's, our, it's our own fault. We let it get here. And now a, a very small contingent of us are like, we, we have to fix this. What can we even do to, to begin to start to try to fix it? But, but you know, it's, it's in a lot, of, a lot of days, it's like, man, just seems like such a fool's errand. But at the same time, like, I think the people who want to bring America back to, to what it was, you know, we're just wired different because that's American in and of itself is to be like, when you see something wrong, you step in to fix it. That know? is an American idea. Um, yeah. B. Kinsella said it in the chat, and, I, and I, I sort of think this is, it requires a little bit of a tune to what you just said. I don't regret serving the American people. And I don't think you do either, but the American right. government is certainly an organization that has been captured. And so that's what the portrayal is. The portrayal is, is that our government is not serving the people. And we, I think, feel that in a much more acute way than people who are just looking at the government and didn't put their own blood, sweat, and tears and feel like they got conned into being part right. of an, a more evil machine. It doesn't mean that anything you did was wrong. It just means right. that you were, do, you were adding legitimacy to a group that doesn't deserve it at this point. Yeah, for sure. It's a hard it's a hard line to walk. It's hard for a lot of people to figure that out. I don't know any veterans right now that are recommending that their kids go and enlist. Uh, I don't know any veterans that are saying that you should go and serve in the military. That's tough. Let's kind of cover down on some of the uh, the social decline that we've got. We're going to get there. We're going to work our way up to sort of the big the big problem here, folks, which is going to be uh, a small number of people that are driving the train and then a lot of people who are saying yes. We'll get a chance to, to maybe dig into that um, in a in a more meaningful way. Uh, before we do that, we're talking to Garrett O'Boyle, my friend, uh, my dear friend, and FBI whistleblower who we had some technical difficulties with last week. If you like what you're hearing, give us a, a thumbs up on Rumble. If you're not joining us on Rumble, please do so. We're our limited time that we're going to be offering this thing, I think, on uh, on places like YouTube or Facebook because I don't think we get any following on Facebook, which seems pretty unreal. And then on top of that, our YouTube audience is always like just very, very, very small. So we're going to stop sending it out there because I don't want them to be looking at what I'm doing. I don't want Google to be able to look at all my my things and, and track me in that way. They can come to Rumble and scrape that page if they want to see what we're up to. I'm sort of not interested. We've, we've gathered all the people that we're going to gather over there, and it continues to grow at a very, very tiny rate, unlike Rumble, where we are growing leaps and bounds every single month. So um, follow us there. Let's say thanks to one of our sponsors, if we can, really quick, Ryan. Let's put up um, Four Patriots, new sponsor. This is uh, Hard Times Are Coming, folks. I think that's going to be pretty evident to most of you. If you do not have a food plan, you are planning to fail. So I encourage you to go to Four Patriots, the number four, the word Patriots with an S on the end of it, dot com, fourpatriots.com slash Kyle. Use promo code Kyle. You'll get the discounts they're offering. Obviously, they offer these to other people through different uh, promo codes. Ours is the one that's going to support our show, so they know that we're coming there. You can check out like a long-term survival plan. If you want to be able to put three months of food away, or if you want to put a year worth of food away, it's a fire and forget solution. These are 25 year guaranteed, you know, packs of freeze dried food. So you've got something. So your kids are not going to be hungry and then you can solve other problems. And so if you have uh, you to make a couple of investments, we always say you should invest in ammunition. Some people are buying gold and crypto and other things. My hedges are things that are durable, tradable, and can be carried with you portable. And so choose things that are going to keep you guys uh, on the lifeline that you're not going to be dependent on a federal government should everything fall apart. It may only fall apart for a couple of days. Like we're going to see some videos here that look pretty rough. And if you were in those areas, you may not even be able to go out and get food, even though you live in an urban area that hasn't lost power. So check out 4 
promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. Let them know we sent you. You can see they'll try to save you with a little, uh, they've got a, a thermal generator or a, a solar generator there that looks really neat. My dad and I were talking about the other day. We may play with one of those. Lemon bars, all kinds of different mixed meals, uh, just a little bit of variety. You can always do something like an MRE, but man, I some of us are just sick of those things, except the couple of sickos that are in the chat, which we do love you. But man, there's something wrong with you if you want to just eat those. And they also tend to stop you up. Pretty gross. All right, um, let's keep going on with this. We've got about a 1,000 of you guys watching right live. Like I said, give us the thumbs up on Rumble. Make sure that thumb is green when you click it. We're starting to get some negatives, which I really get a kick out of. Like, if you don't have some haters, you're not doing something right. We'll talk about that when we do the review at the end of the show. Let's start covering down on some of these things. Um, the the propaganda arm of the media is very strong. We're going to cover some external propaganda focused at you and some internal that's covered in. You guys have never heard of this office we're going to uh, reveal to you today. It's something that uh, one of my buddies, my cousin, actually sent to me, and I think you'll like it. First, let's start with Jamie Raskin. Apparently, apparently, if Trump were to win, it would be the best thing for Putin. So this is coming from RNC Research on Twitter. We love them because they're doing a pretty good job of highlighting just how uh, deep and weird it is. But this is the nature of what a police state does. It demonizes the enemy. It dehumanizes the enemy. And the enemy is people that just disagree with them. That's just sort of the nature of it. Garrett, I'm going to have you respond to this after we play the video. Uh, you want to roll this. And I remember what my favorite term for who you may call peppermint patty was. It's Ginger Goebbels who is the uh, spokesperson and propagandist for the Nazi regime. Let's go ahead and throw this out there. Let's play Jamie Raskin, not wearing a do-rag for some reason in this particular interview. Uh, maybe his hair is all good. Maybe he never needed a do-rag, or maybe he's done with his Crips affiliation. So let's go ahead and see what he's about. Uh, roll that video if you would, Ryan. Well, the, the role of the government in his view is to advance his political fortunes and destroy his political enemies. So... What would a second term look like? It would look a lot like Vladimir Putin in Russia. It would look a lot like Viktor Orban in Hungary. Illiberal democracy, meaning democracy without rights or liberties or respect for the uh, due process system, the rule of law. Yeah. Okay. It's illiberal democracy. Is there anything about he's what he's saying right now that doesn't apply to Biden's, Biden's uh, situation? That's why it stands out so much because it's so clear that he's saying – what is happening right now like it it doesn't matter what part of the political spectrum you fall on the current regime is doing all they can to throw the leader of the last regime into prison i mean it doesn't get any more it, it, like he can sit there and say it with a straight face and does and, and ginger goebbels takes it in and and confirms it and i thought i saw another clip where she compared it or maybe it was maybe it was uh, HRC. One of them recently, like this weekend, compared Trump to Hitler again. They threw that out there, and it's like this is this what is happening right now is what the Nazi Party did in the 30s: demonize, so, dehumanize, move people. Yeah. I mean, we learned about this stuff. You go through the Holocaust Museum; it only happens because of that type of dehumanizing treatment. I know that's been a big focus of yours. Um, yeah. let, let's keep moving because not only do they love. The idea of comparing Trump to authoritarians, they actually love authoritarians, including mm -hmm. Xi Jinping, who is the president or the premier of China. So let's check this thing out. Um, we got topic number two here. San Francisco, if you guys are not tracking this stuff, I track all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm always doing this during the weekend when most of us should be just relaxing. Um, I want to play you. We're going to play you a little clip of a woman in Los Angeles first. This is the mayor. She's a former congresswoman. There's a kind of a trend of these useless congresswoman, Karen Bass who was a communist when she was in the House of Representatives. She ran for office to become a executive 
in a large city. We're seeing the same thing with Sheila Jackson Lee right now. She's a crappy congresswoman who's borderline, you know, uh, ridiculously stupid. And she's going to go and try and she probably will win in Houston because, of uh, you know, reverse racism or whatever it is that they, they call it. This lady, Karen Bass, is obviously a lot smarter than Sheila Jackson Lee, but uh, way more dangerous as well. So she's claimed some really interesting things about the homeless in San Francisco or in, uh, sorry, Los Angeles, which is blown up out of proportion. I used to live in the LA area when I was an adult and I remember seeing it and it wasn't nearly as bad as it is today. You see all these videos. Uh, Mike Glover's gone down there and done that too. So I want you to react to this after you see what she has to say about how they're going to solve the homeless problem. Keep in mind, folks, Garrett O'Boyle was made homeless by our FBI. Um, none of this treatment was done for him. Go ahead and play uh, the, the Karen Bass video. See what she has to say about it. Well, what we're doing is, is that we are leasing motel rooms. It's a very expensive model, so we're getting ready to master lease, which means we lease the entire motel, and we go to the encampments, which are a series of tents. And what I think the general public might not realize is that in order to survive on the street, people create communities. And so instead of splitting them up, we move the entire community inside. Mm. A community-based organization takes over and provides the services. Oh, that's very nice. So here's the thing, Garrett. Um, People need communities, and they form them on the streets when they're homeless. And it would be wrong to put them them in, in hotel rooms that we're paying for out of tax dollars, which I'm sure are federal grants. It would be wrong to do that without, you know, keeping them together. They have they have friends. What do you think? Uh, I think it's another absurd idea in this clown world that we live in. And California, you know, they're just a few years ahead of the rest of the country. They set the tone a lot of the time. And if it's happening in California now, it'll be happening in a city near you soon. But uh, these you want to compare it completely... like can you contrast that to what the what the federal government would do to you and your family? <laughs> yes, maliciously, intentionally. They knew we just had our fourth child and they knew I was in the middle of a transfer and I, I've I had I've known this all along and I know we'll get into it more later, but uh, I've known all along that this is what happened. And they uh, they said, yeah, well, let's wait till he gets here and then we're going to suspend him because he doesn't have a place to live because they sold their house in Kansas and they had not yet closed on their house in Virginia. So we got him right where we want him. Yeah. And so my wife, recovering from her fourth C-section, our youngest was only two weeks old the day I got suspended. And uh, nobody did or said anything. They just escorted me out after taking all my FBI belongings and that was it. And then they wouldn't even let us have our stuff. So we lived in my my brother-in-law's RV in Wisconsin, which was getting cold by then already uh, for about two months. And eventually, six weeks after I got suspended, they said, okay, you can come get your stuff, but only Garrett can. And so I couldn't bring the family with. And was it was it like a 60 foot RV and, and two story double decker bus with like all kinds of accoutrement? You had a family of four children and a wife. Yeah. How big was this thing? I mean, it, it's a, it's a nice RV, but uh, I mean, it's an RV, you know, like it was. And then with and not that and they didn't have their stuff. Yeah, we didn't even have like we borrowed coats and stuff from from them because they have they have a bunch of kids. And so we were like, you guys have any extra coats or anything because we had summer clothes. So like that, this is another thing I'm sure the left tries to demonize like, oh, he didn't have his stuff. Yeah, we literally did not have our stuff. We literally didn't have anything. We had the clothes on our back, one toy per per child because we, we were like yeah, travel is, status. Yes, we were we were living in an Airbnb when Lucy was born and we knew we were like, OK, this is let's try to just treat this like an adventure. Um, the new unit gave me 30 extra days to report because they knew Heidi was having a baby. 
but we sold our house. So we, <laughs> dude, and the FBI said, yeah, we'll reimburse you for all these costs. We'll reimburse them. They, they never have. Is that correct? No, because they're, they're actually contractually obligated to, to reimburse you. Yeah, we haven't seen a penny. Uh, we asked for it after they suspended my pay and after we were kind of settled back and we were like, hey, we spent, we did, we tallied it up just on the Airbnb and like all the transfer costs and all of that alone out, out of pocket because we were tallying all that. We spent about $40,000 and they said, oh, we really can't proceed until your administrative inquiry is is over. And we're like, well, we accepted this transfer in good faith. And you told us you're going to reimburse these costs. And in bad faith, they let me accept that transfer so they could do this to me and my family. And we're going like, to cover we're going to cover down on that on this article, this uh, the second whistleblower. So for those of you that are not aware of this, after we did that, there was a first whistleblower um, coming forward from headquarters. Uh, a number of them actually kind of combined to do a a disclosure to Kurt Suzdak. Kurt Suzdak came on the podcast last week. I believe it was on Thursday, but it might have been Wednesday. I think on Wednesday. And after listening to the podcast, the uh, individuals that were na- that were in the disclosure came forward again and said, there's more. And so they did another disclosure, which dropped on Friday afternoon. So if you're not following me on social media, if you don't pay attention to Twitter over the weekend, and I highly recommend that you don't, if you're not doing anti-social media, you're better off. But if you uh, if you if you haven't seen that, you haven't seen that we, there was another story that Carrie Pickett dropped and an update that happened over the weekend. We're getting our way through there. First, I want to show you that apparently um, it's not just Los Angeles that's going to try to now fix the homeless problem. Of course, it's because Xi Jinping is going to come and tour California and see what his new palace is going to look like when they invade, I guess. So we've got another uh, great picture. This is topic. Uh, three. This is coming from Terrible's Twitter page. And this is a thing that I called um, from people to to pigeons. You'll notice on the right side of the screen, and this is a really visual show, folks. So if you're watching or if you're listening to this, you might want to come check out the Rumble channel again, rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. There's all these homeless people in front of a building that looks like it's for lease that nobody wants to live in, you know, go and rent because of course, you know, there's homeless camps like right in the middle of the sidewalk. Uh, And then magically they turn them all into pigeons. And all the homeless people are gone. They got rid of them all. And they're doing a repaint job. They're cleaning off all the bird crap. And they're making it look nice. That's an only in San Francisco moment. What amazing. It's pretty incredible that they couldn't do it for the people that live in San Francisco. But they could do it. They could do it because the president of China is coming in. Why don't we show a video of that? And I think that one is going to be called. Um, let's see. What, what do we got? We got a couple videos of San Francisco that look pretty crazy. Um, let's do video 13. If you would, Ryan, that's going to be a news report. And, uh, Garrett, I'll just get you to, to react to this in just a second. Cause it's pretty wild folks. It's about two minutes worth of a newscast because I think San Francisco newscasters are also incredulous that they suddenly have the ability to get rid of homeless people. Isn't that amazing? Go ahead and roll that video. Yes, that's right. The summit is expected to bring in $53 million, filling hotel rooms, bringing big business. And the city did tidy up for Dreamforce, but this cleanup is much more extensive. While San Francisco is in the spotlight for the Asia-Pacific Economic Conference, city leaders are making sure the city shines. Tourism is our business here in San Francisco, and we need to focus on making sure that the tourist dollars still come back. Caltrans repaving major roadways like the Harrison Street off-ramp from the I-80. BART doubling down by deep cleaning their stations overnight more often. The city had gotten a little bit dingy over time. Scrubbing and power washing is happening all over the city. Yeah, the bottom of my shoes look clean. Like It's noticeable how clear the streets Bro, my shoes are clean. and how few homeless <laughs> encampments there are on major thoroughfares. Having been a longtime resident in the Bay Area, you just naturally start to wonder of like houseless folks being displaced. 
Public Works is installing decorative crosswalks in North Beach and Chinatown. And the Webster Street pedestrian bridge in Japantown was recently repainted. The Yerba Buena Gardens at the Moscone Center are decked out with new colorful landscaping and murals, paid for by the Clean California grant, just in time for the 20,000 high-profile CEOs and heads of state coming into town next week. Some people say this should be how it's always done. What about the people who are here year-round, you know, and like local, hardworking, working-class Bay Area folks? Others welcome the cleanup. Anything that brings in uh, a positive look on the city of San Francisco is great. We will continue to do everything we can to maintain cleanliness in our streets. And city officials are saying that there are no additional funds that are being allocated for beautification. Departments are just using existing budgets. They also say that those budgets are being moved so that they can focus on the areas where APEC is taking place. The summit is expected to start on Wednesday. And of course, people will start coming into town over the weekend and early next week. I'm live in San Francisco. Back to you, Julie. All right, killer right there. Like a little extra motivation. (laughs) No additional funds were allocated to the beautification project. Any thoughts on that one, Garrett, as a uh, former government? employee or or indefinitely suspended one yeah uh sounds about right i mean like these people they have these grandiose ideas of what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and it's like okay with what it's just like the mayor was talking about how they're gonna they're basically gonna seize hotel buildings and now this oh we don't have any extra funds to do it okay well how do you plan on doing all they just weren't doing their job beforehand man they were just all just phoning it in they no, were on COVID no status for funds, like, 25 years. Like, I think of my um, my days as a cop, you know, and, and where I worked, like, you know, I wasn't like a slum of, you know, the, the pits of hell of San Francisco where, like, there's fentanyl needles in the street everywhere. But we had homeless people, and they were a problem. Like, we dealt with them a lot, especially on the shifts I typically worked. But, like, did um, you displace the houseless people, bro? Because, like, the, the houseless people seem to be displaced. Yeah. How about that guy with the blowout hair that was doing know, right? that? Yeah, man, like, we got to do what we can for these people, you know? And, I mean, and, yeah, part of that, sure, true. But um, if you're a fentanyl junkie, I mean, I don't know how much anybody should actually be doing for you. And I know they aren't all that, but in my experience, most of them were. They were heroin junkies and alcoholics. And and most of those people are self-medicating for real mental problems that we're not dealing with, which is the other thing. I saw that on the medical side where it's like, why these yeah. people need to be institutionalized? They can't handle themselves. In fact, some of them would, would commit suicide or attempt suicide just to get into the hospital for a just couple of days. You know right. what I mean? And I know you've and seen a, that too. Mm-hmm, for sure. And a lot of them, like they, they like being homeless. Like they've, they've chosen that they don't want to live with the rest of society. And so it's like, well, why are we even going to try to force them into a hotel then? Like, I'm, I'm sure the hotel owners are not pleased about that. Well, they're going to get a lot of money for it. It's going to devalue their property. And eventually they're going to probably have to razz the building like they're looking at some of these things in New York City, which we're also seeing. By the way, this is not a novel idea. It's New York and then now California. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're normalizing it on two coasts of super left reading. And they'll try to move it to Kansas City at some point, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, come into a flyover country near you, flyover state near you soon. 100% coming that way. And uh, on top of that, they're not just doing that. Now they're doing, not only is the city going to be clean, but they want to make sure that it stays clean. And also they don't want any protests for these things. So they've they've erected these anti-scale fences that we saw uh, during the the um, inauguration for Biden. Let's go ahead and throw up video number 14. I'm calling this walls for Xi, but not for me. Well, I'm not going to protect anybody with this. Check this little clip out. This is uh, coming off Twitter as well. Just a little just a little look at what the streets of San Francisco are looking like today. Feels nice. Wow. 
Hi. Somebody should translate that in the chat. One of you speaks whatever language that is. Look at their fenced in. This lady is saying, I'm going to translate it for you in real time. She's saying, uh, this is what a police state looks like. I feel right at home in China right now. Are you sure we're in the United States? I mean, you can't make it up. Like, look at this. There's fencing everywhere. They've basically yeah. given you access to cross. But if you get stuck in the street, you're going to get run over. I don't know if it's Korean or if it's Chinese or Japanese. Or it's probably not Japanese. Um, it has a different sound to it. I, I, I definitely do not have a, a strong handle on Asian languages. And yet, this is pretty incredible because they are obviously the tone is the same as what you would have. You're walking through San Francisco, which a few minutes ago was covered in uh, human feces and people sleeping in tents. And then today you're seeing... It's essentially walled off with legitimately access control points that are run by law enforcement. That guy's late for work. He didn't know that he couldn't cross the street like he normally does. He's going to have to go around the block. Pretty incredible. You know, I mean, really incredible stuff. This is what this doesn't this remind you of something that like a China or a North Korea would do if a, a, a European leader or an American leader was going to visit. That's what they would do. They're going to clean it up and, you know act like this is how it always is vice like, vice grad uh what is it called vice guide to travel did a really good uh, video back in like 2005 or six or maybe it was a little bit or like somewhere in that early 2000s and vice used to actually do some really cutting edge reporting i don't know if you ever watched these things but they would literally yeah, send somebody in behind enemy lines and they did like a prop propaganda tour of north korea where they were like oh hello like welcome to the people's republic of korea and we have here thus uh the aerial evil imperials have this ship here so they do this big sort of like thing about some cia uh listening post they grabbed and they would take them around he goes we were sitting in i can't remember the guy's name anymore but uh, he's sitting in like this this huge banquet hall where he's the only guy there and they like set out food at every one of the plates at like a hundred tables but he's the only guy in the room and then as he's getting ready to leave they come and they pick up all the plates because he's like it wasn't edible it was yeah. like it would last forever it was food like matter that would just sit on these little trays and they would just lay it out for propaganda that's what it looks wow. like san francisco yeah. is like look how clean and organized and look how well controlled our people are like we're yeah. just like you Right. It's it's super scary. Police state, slow death, 100%. For sure. For sure. Like, that, it also remind me of something you would see in, like, a sci-fi film. Like It looks well, like, a, like, what went wrong? You know, we yeah. got to rewind the clock, but this is the early days of when people started accepting totalitarianism. Right. And, like, like what's with all that fencing? Where do they get all of that? <laughs> Somebody's getting paid a right. seriously high amount of money because that anti-fencing scale or the anti-fail scan, anti-scale fencing like, I've only seen it in D.C. I don't know who else has it. Yeah. I wonder if they trucked it all the way across the country for it. Yeah. Hey, here's some extra. Here you go. Here's the thing. We know Biden is going to go visit the president of another country in not our capital. He's going to go across our country to go and be convenient for them. You can't tell me that these people are not like bought and paid for by this kind of stuff. It's right. it's pretty atrocious. Do you, um, do you think they'll turn air raid sirens on uh, the next country? To let him know. Visit? Yeah. To let him know how dangerous it was and how they had a war zone moment. Yeah. He's a wartime president. He wants you to believe that. Pretty That's incredible. Right. We're going to do a bunch of oh, Biden, yeah. Biden videos. I got a whole bunch of them and what it kind of what it's moving towards. Uh, before we do that, let's do uh, OG sponsors. You've seen me drinking out of it today so far. We're going to do uh, Patriot Coolers right here. So let's say thanks to my friends over at PatriotCoolers.com. You can use promo code Kyle. That'll get you 10 percent, 50 bucks or more. You're going to get free shipping. Check out uh, all of their outstanding stuff. It's tailgate season. It's outdoor season. It's uh, it's your third third season hiking and uh, outdoor camping. So check out maybe one of the soft coolers if you want a backpack. Uh, click on the backpack if you would, Ryan. 
you scroll on down there, we've got that. We actually use the backpack to be able to carry uh, kids' snacks during the summer so it doesn't melt in the car. Pretty easy. You don't even have to use ice. You just keep it in there so it's thermally insulated, uh, easy to move around. The soft packs are all good. Again, promo code Kyle, K-Y-L-E. You could use this one here. Too big for your car. It will not fit in your average car's little um, cup holder, but the 16 ounce, very nice, is a large heavy tumbler from my desk. 19 ounce is the tall skinny one. That's the one you want if you want to take it with you. Screw on lids. This is just a press on lid. Promo code Kyle, again, saves you 10%. Big fan of these guys. All their stuff says Patriot on them. Uh, better than Yeti. You're not an abominable snow person. You're a Patriot. So go to PatriotCoolers.com <laughs> if you're going to buy one of these things and check out. They're, they're good folks, man. They, they they have been so good to us. Uh, the, the fact that they came in and took a gamble on a fledgling podcast yeah, right. that has become you know our full stream of income is pretty awesome. So they were I, the first, weren't they? They were. Yeah they, yeah, they jumped into the gap and said, we want to get into this thing. Yeah, they're great. I, uh, I'm never buying a Yeti again. Only, only Patriot Cooler. Yeah. And the funny thing is some of these things are made in Chinese. There's no other way to do it. And, and <laughs> someone called me out. They're like, they're made in China. And I'm like, I'm like, well, they're not really shy about that. There's nothing they can do. The EPA, right. because of our Administrative Procedures Act, has said that you can no longer do certain things like build steel, double-walled, yeah. uh, vacuum-insulated stuff. You can't do it in this country. So we're not even allowed to make things that we would otherwise make in this country. And people might pay a prettier penny for. They have to be for made sure. in places like yeah. China, which is pretty, pretty awful and pretty stupid. Uh, it is what it is. Let's let's press on. There's some talk about un-American things. There's some pretty un-American things happening in New York City right now. I'm not sure if you saw this video, but we're going to play a couple videos here. Two pretty much back to back. Video one and two. Ryan, if you want to queue it up. Uh, apparently... This is definitely a peaceful protest when you want to climb up and destroy civic property. So they're cleaning up San Francisco, but they're tearing down New York. Let's watch video one. You guys just tell me what you feel about this. See the cops standing by, they're just hanging out. Right. Lots of cops. A lot. All right, we're going to do video number two. There's no audio on this, so I'm going to have you uh, reflect in real time as it pops up there. Garrett, this is uh, all you. Let's go video number two. What do you think? Well, I mean, right off the bat, it's like, okay, you're tearing down the American flags because of what? Like, you don't like America? What is that, a UN flag? You yeah, know? that was a UN oh, flag. I'm, I'm okay with that. Tear that one down. <laughs> but uh, but it's it, th this is what this video is telling me. Like, Palestine, the Palestinian flag, that is all that matters. But did this person forget that they're in America? Like, like you're, you're free to leave. Like, you don't have to stay here. And you're at a pro-Palestinian rally or whatever, march. I don't know, both. And so you're going to tear down the American flags because why again? Because they're allowing you to protest for the thing that you want, the current thing. They're they're protesting the current thing. It uh, it actually gets quite a bit worse. Um, major capitals of the world, places like Los Angeles, places like New York City, places like London. This is what is really being said. This guy actually said the quiet part out loud in many ways. Let's do video number three. Uh, take a deep breath because this gets kind of crazy. If the West feels so sorry for the Israeli Zionists, why don't they give a place in Germany? Why don't they go to Hitler's back garden and make an occupation there? Then they will know what kind of people these are. Why every so many hundred years, the Zionists get slaughtered? Because Hitler knew how to deal with these people. They probably made a program so they can create a state of Israel. 
in the expense of Palestinian Muslims' blood. Hmm. Uh, Hitler knew how to deal with these people. Your your thoughts? Uh, I guess credit for at least being willing to loudly proclaim what he thinks uh, about Hitler and the Israeli people. Like, dude, that I mean, that that think of that. That's where we are. People are passionately going to say that out loud. Like that's you're calling for genocide 2.0. That's what that is. Plain and simple. And it made me think of um I saw this video, you probably have seen it. It was Douglas Murray reporting, I think from Gaza and about some of the things going on there. And it's like, oh, they're actually actively engaged in genocide 2.0 uh, in, in the Holocaust 2.0 uh, of the of the Jewish and Israeli people. Like it's crazy, man. And like again, I would say you can leave, dude. Like you don't have to be here. Why don't you go to Gaza and and help? Because uh, he's in London and he's having a great yeah. time. It's really nice yeah. to be in London. It turns out, yep. it, it it is. Especially when they when they cede territory to uh, the neighborhoods that uh, basically enact Sharia law all on their own, which is happening all across Europe, but and uh, has been for some time. But um, yeah, the West is definitely getting run there, and we're seeing kind of what it looks like. Uh, folks, we're talking to Garrett O'Boyle, FBI whistleblower, my dear friend, uh, someone who has had a pretty aggressive stance taken against him. We're going to get into the last little bit of that story in just a moment, but if you're just joining us, please hit the thumbs up on Rumble. We really appreciate you turning that thumb green. We've already got one thumb down. Where, where are the rest of my haters? There's going to be a couple more in there. There's always a couple here from the FBI Security Division checking it out. We appreciate them, too. Thanks for opening your eyes up to what's going on in the world. Maybe you guys don't eat news the way that I used to. I used to always find that federal employees were woefully uninformed about what was happening in the world. And I, I consumed a lot of different sources. But today, we're just doing just videos. You don't need much more than just knowing what the context is, where it happened, and you can make your decision. We're going to do... Um, so Veterans Day was over the weekend. Garrett, you're a veteran. I'm a veteran. We uh, we had some sort of uh, experiences with the FBI dealing with veterans. Let's just see where it's coming from on top. Video number four. This is the presidential tweet from Joe Biden at Joe Biden's Twitter account. And he has some feelings about Donald Trump. And his feelings are that Trump is really, really bad. So he's going to take a day that celebrates veterans to try to attack his political opponents. This is what police states look like, folks. It's uh, demonizing your opponent, whether or not you can't even have one day. It's one flipping day of the year when we celebrate people who served. Not everybody who's a veteran is a great person. They all just wrote a blank check. That's the difference. I respect what they did. They can do bad things afterwards, but you at least get credit for showing up and signing up. As you know, there are plenty of uh, dudes and, and women in the, in the service that are that are not very great human beings uh, at some point in time. But at least they did this one thing. Like, nobody is all one. They're not all black or all white. There's a lot of gray here. Watch this video of Joe Biden. This is the way he feels like veterans should be used. They're, they're basically a political pawn for him. It says, why should I go to that cemetery? It's filled with losers. Attributed to Donald J. Trump, a debunked article from The Atlantic. Suckers, also The Atlantic, same article attributed to Trump. That guy is smart. Why did he join the military? Attributed to Trump. The same Atlantic article, which has been debunked multiple times. I don't get it. What was in it for them? Donald Trump talking about the, the father of a fallen soldier. Oh, also the Atlantic. We're not going to support that loser's funeral to John McCain. The Atlantic. A war hero. War hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. <laughs> says, if you don't respect our troops, you can't lead them. And you know who respects our troop more than anybody is Joe Biden. Isn't that the way you feel about him? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, he's the guy checking the time uh, at Dover when they're bringing dead bodies back from the a pullout that he completely screwed up in Afghanistan. So, yeah, nobody, nobody respects the troops more than him. Oh, it was 2.30. It was 2.30. That's what he was trying to find out. That's what time it was, 2.30. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, couldn't yeah. even handle the dignified transfer, falling asleep on the wheel. Um, so that's fun. And maybe it's just because he doesn't know what's going on. His social media team thought that was a good hit. Video five, get a look at this, guys. This is how out of it the guy is that supposedly knows how to lead the troops. Mm. He can't. He needs to be led himself. He can't even figure out how to like turn around and do an about face and walk back to where he started. Go ahead and roll that video five. I don't even know if there's any audio to this, but uh, oh gosh, is that is that army that's standing there? Yeah, that's army. What is that, uh, Sergeant? Uh, um, uh, Sergeant First Class. Okay, that's what, SFC. What is it? SFC. Yep. Okay, and Joe's confused. He's like, "Do I stand next to Kamala? Where's yeah. Jill? I don't know what I'm doing. My diaper is full. I got a waddle. It's really hard to watch this stuff." And um, and it doesn't get any like the really no. If you think about it, think about the people you serve with, Garrett, the people that you were in combat with, uh, the people that I went through pretty aggressive training with. The thing that I always wonder is, was their LGBT identity protected in the way that it ought to be? Video number six is a really good taste of that. So let's go ahead and roll video six, because I think we're going to really like that. Roll it twice for him, if you would, Ryan. And a no veteran is denied the honor they earn because there was discharged for being LBTQ plus. One more time, one more time. And a no veteran is denied the honor they earn because there was discharged for being LBTQ plus. So you live in Wisconsin. I know you've met a lot of drunk people as a cop. Can you translate whatever that was? Uh, yeah, he's just reflecting on the current thing again. And it's like, I, I want to know who's filling his ear and his Who's writing his his cop? We know it's not him. Somebody's LGLPG Chow Plus yeah, tour can, for the golfing. He can't even get it right, and then it's like because they got a good handicap. The handicap is better if you go to the front tees. Well, I remember I was driving a truck through the golf course one time, delivering the sausages to the seventeenth hole, and it was a great hole. Everyone thought it was and, and, and anyway. Anyway, I like that too. When he fails, yeah, he just goes like, uh, goes, anyway, anyway, anyway yeah. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just standing yeah. here. Damn they put a microphone. Break. That's a bunch of malarkey. It <laughs> is some malarkey, isn't it? It's so That's bad. Great. So where does that lead? When that happens, you get invaded. We get invaded in this country. You ready for this one? This is number seven. Guys, if uh, if you're sticking around because you saw a phone and we might be calling somebody, we might be calling somebody in a minute here. So don't uh, don't give up on us yet. You're definitely going to want to share this. It's going to get, we're either going to get a fun voicemail or we might have an interesting conversation with somebody who, who's going to need it. Uh, video seven, Austin apparently is lit. This is what goes on on 6th Street right now. This is the, just down the street from me. Used to be a nice place to be able to go out where grownups in their 50s and 60s would go have a drink. Um, at all hours because you could because it was like New Orleans with rules and people that follow the law. Check this out. This is what's going on right now in downtown Austin at night. This is nice. There you go. 
unreal, man. The world famous Sixth Street, as they call it. Uh, that is some brawls and fat chicks falling over and they're going out clothes. Uh, look, things always get kind of rowdy when when things close down in bars. But man, that's why do they think that's happening? You want to see why it's happening? You ready? I'm ready. Okay, just just take a deep breath because this is why. Because earlier that day, this happened. Video number eight, Ryan. Let's just show what happens when cowboys support Hamas. I guess I don't know what this is. <laughs> let's just see what it is here. <laughs> Okay, so if you're watching, uh, we got a pickup truck, we got Palestinian flags, we got that uh, ISIS looking jihadi flag thing, and the US, that's good. USA to get Israel has to go. Um, we got guys that are throwing smoke and they're, and they're singing that song that I love, the Ali Ali. Can you sing that song? Uh, it's real catchy. It? It's kind of atonal. Like if you, if yeah. you have like a, like an extra chromosome or something, or if you've uh, never heard a song in your life, you go, holly, 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 holly. so that uh, if you're not seeing it, there's smoke in the air everywhere. If you're watching, um, if you're not watching on our rumble channel, what you're missing is smoke everywhere. People riding horses with Palestinian flags. This is like nothing I've ever seen in my life. And uh, here's an overhead shot of what that looked like. Just so you can get a sense video number nine, and then I'll let you re reflect. <laughs> you tell me if this sounds like somewhere you want to live now. How many people is that, Garrett? Oh, that's a lot of people, man. Do you think they're all Aloha Snack Bar, or are they something else? Uh, they all at least are Aloha Snack Bar analogous. Some of them might change their tune when they tell Hamas that they're homosexual or trans, though. Because that's a good way to get yourself thrown off the top of a building. Look at those buildings. Those buildings are just ready for it. Yep. Parking sure. garage. This is a, That is a lot of people. That's wild, right? Where was that? That's in Austin, Texas. That's 40 miles yeah. south of where I'm sitting right now. Wow. Where do they come from? Where do these people come from? Like, you know, I know Austin is like a leftist, you know, disaster area, but think about the number of people that had to show up to support this thing. It's, it's, it's shocking to me. Yeah. Um, I've been, in, like, so a couple of years ago, a guy lost his mind and he got real rowdy and he, uh, he, he shot up the Mexican consulate, which is down on, I'm going to screw this up now, but I think it's on First Street. I think it's on Cesar Chavez, uh, which used to be known as Water Street. And I think he went and shot it up with an AK. And then he got up somewhere near where the Austin Police oh, Headquarters building is, which is on like 8th. And then he was like picking a fight with all these folks. And uh, he's running around in the middle of the night. It was like 3.30 in the morning. They were just shutting up shop from 6th Street where they always have horses and stuff. They clear the streets and all that kind of thing. And a police officer who had two, he was riding a horse and leading another horse with his empty hand, took a one-handed shot at like a hundred and something yards. Somebody will tell me in the chat. It was like 113 or 130 yards. One-handed shot with his M&P 40 cal and smoked this dude and put him down because he was out there just blasting away with an AK in downtown. And like, that's the kind of law and order. We used to have dudes that would take a shot at over a hundred yards with a handgun, one-handed holding a horse. <laughs> and now you got like what looks like, um, I don't know, like the Special Olympics strippers out there doing, you know, fighting in the street and tearing each other's tops off like a Jerry Springer episode. It's yeah. it's so sad, man. I mean, it's the saddest thing you could ever see when you see this because like San Francisco, Austin used to be a really, really cool place to be. Maybe, yeah, maybe. it's this seems to be the case with pretty much every major city. Like they just, the decay just happens. And you look back every couple of years, you're like, man, it used to be such a, such a nice place, such a better place. And imagine what that's going to look like in 25 years, if things don't get rectified now, if you don't start fixing it now. And man, I'm, I'm still just kind of blown away at the amount of people who are there. Like you said, who are these people? 
I, yeah, do I they live in Austin? Do they work in Austin? Do they do they all right. work for 3M or Meta or are they all working for VRBO or or like Airbnb? There's there's offices for all these different tech companies down here. Are these SpaceX employees that just really are just waiting for the weekend to put on their Palestinian garb and ride their horse downtown? Like I don't know. I've never seen anything like this. No, um, it's you know, crazy to me. I and, mean, it, it, it's 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 a massive amount of people. I mean, it looks like the Livestrong Marathon, which is like a, a February marathon that goes on. I've run in that once. And like, that's how many people show up for the live strong. I, I have no idea what that is about, but I cannot believe there's that many pro Hamas supporters, except it's the current thing. As you just said, like, right. This is what a country under siege looks like. This is why sure. they're allowing the police state because this stuff is scary. Like I'm not yeah. taking my kids down there. No. Why? Yeah. Why would you ever? You you'd, know, be, like, you'd be out of your mind to do that. Ryan's yeah. giving me a hard time. He said, my new nickname is Kyle. I'll never finish a show under one hour because I just always cram too much stuff in. I'm always worried like, oh, do I have an hour's worth of stuff to talk about? Like, It doesn't help when you have me on. <laughs> well, it was even funnier. It was like my friends came over and like my best friend from high school showed up last night and had dinner with us. And I was talking to his wife and she's like, have you met you? Like, have you met you ever? Like, <laughs> talk for an hour like you could do that if there was nobody in the room with you and i'm like i do every day and i got garrett i could talk for three and a half hours obviously uh it's it's pretty insane no, but I'm for those people that are not because last week you're like oh no we're yeah we're gonna start show. we're gonna get these shows gonna get tight. i know we're gonna get tighter. Like, okay bro sure sure we are yeah ryan just laughs at me he's like no way you're gonna get all this stuff in it's like well i'm not gonna get it in an hour you're probably correct all right um that's pretty much all of the videos that I really wanted people to get a hold of. And now we're going to get real spicy. This is where the, the wild stuff goes. So if you haven't shared the show yet, if you're sitting on Twitter right now, or you're home on your phone, you want to hit that share button, put it out on your social medias, because we're going to get into the uh, the story that dropped on Friday afternoon. It's always Friday afternoons that these crazy things happen for us, yeah. for you and me, right? Yep. I, I don't know why that happens. Let's go ahead and pull up this article and we're going to read through it. And I'm, I've got it right here in front of me. So let me switch my camera view. Ryan, if you'll pull up the, uh, the article with Chris Ray on it, uh, this dropped at the end of the day. Come context again. It came because we talked to we talked to uh, Carrie Pickett and am I switching here? Where's my camera? Can I transition? No, maybe not. Um, we talked to Carrie Pickett. We had uh, Kurt on, and they get the secondary disclosure. And this disclosure says FBI whistleblowers say former or FBI officials singled out agents who were former military for anti-Trump retaliation. And you go, well, that sounds like a pretty incendiary type of um, comment. Is that really what happened there? Is that like what went on? And the answer is, here's the story. More whistleblowers have stepped forward to tell Congress. By the way, I've read these disclosures. I have copies of these disclosures. I have shared them with a couple of choice journalists, so you're going to see more about it. But I've read them, and this is 100% what these things say. Okay? Um, this is, oh, of course, the Washington Times just filtered me out. Give me one second here because I'm going to read it. If you can read off the screen there for a second, Garrett, I'm going to go ahead and pull this thing up. I just got like some spike vaccine protein thing. Um, Here it is. Sorry. Specifically, these uh, former FBI officials or current FBI officials are specifically targeting former military members for political beliefs, trying to force them out of the FBI. A Marine and other military veterans have been accused of disloyalty to the U.S. because they fit the supporter of a former President Trump supporter. They fit the profile, according to two disclosures sent to lawmakers in the House Judiciary. The Washington Times has seen disclosures. As I said, I have as well. The whistleblowers said that Jeffrey Veltri, who is now the, uh, he was formerly the Deputy Assistant Director of the Security Division, which is underneath HRD, which was underneath our friend Drunk, Drunk Jenny, uh, and Dana Perkins, the Assistant Section Chief over there at the Security Division, specifically pursued employees who served in the Marine Corps or other military branches. They stripped the agents of their security clearance, sidelined them on the job, and pushed them towards the exit according to these disclosures. Again, it goes on further. Uh, we know for a fact that uh, most of us have fit that profile or former cops like Steve Friend. 
says that the disclosures were uh, that they they declared or attempted to declare that the Marine and other veterans were, quote, disloyal to the United States of America. You're specifically included. First, your reaction to some of those things. And then uh, I'll keep reading a little, just kind of break it up a little bit and let you kind of re- reflect on it. Um, so especially that that military veteran part, you know, that that didn't even cross my mind uh, earlier. Right. But now that it's coming out, it's like, I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. Of course, that's who they would target and claim they're disloyal. Of course, it would be veterans, because who better to get out of the way to help, you know, to to further the purge inside the government ranks than veterans? Get them out of the way, because they're the ones who are going to make a stand. They're going to take a stand. Our generation has been at war for most of our life, and so the veterans who have served between, let's just call it 1995 and and now, like that. You know, they may have a different stance on things and say, hey, boss, this is wrong. I'm not going to do that. And not maybe they've gotten better training on what uh, what what an actual order looks like and what a lawful order is and what you're supposed to deny. Right. For sure. So, like, I think of my SSA uh, when I was in Wichita. This is your supervisor. Yep. Army veteran deployed to Iraq. He was an officer um, would tell me all the time how he thought the covid vaccine mandate was wrong. But well, well, he was wrong because let's let's let me just read this part. Other signs that an employee was a quote unquote right wing radical and disloyal to the United States, according to Ms. Perkins and Veltri, were failure to wear a face mask and refusing to take the COVID-19 vaccination vaccination and participating in religious activities. I told you guys it was about Christians. We always knew it was a purge of Christian conservatives, specifically Christian conservative males who seem to be the only ones we know that have been removed. Fire away on that thought. The idea that religious activities were included is pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, again, it's that that one I'm not shocked by. I, I've known that one. <laughs> I've known that one. You know, like that that one w- was gotcha. clear. Like, I remember when I wrote my my written appeal last October and I put some Bible references in there. I knew putting those in there that it wouldn't ha- not that it would have helped anyways, because they had already made up their mind and they don't address the merits in that quote unquote appeal. But I put them in there because that is that's me. That's my faith. That's my belief. But we've known, I think, since September of 2021, at least, when they said, you have to submit your religious beliefs to us in writing, and we're going to store them. And we're going to evaluate our- them. Exactly. Exactly. Which, as I've always contested, is a violation of Title VII. But so they so they had their list. And then someone like you or someone like me who really puts some effort into it to, to explain, because even though we know it's wrong, we'll do it anyways. You know, we'll we'll put them, we'll put it in writing anyways, and we'll say this is wrong, but here it is. And so it was easy for them to make their list. So it's like, no wonder a guy like you got knocked off. And then not too much long after that, a guy like me did. And then unbeknownst to us at the time, Steve was going through the same thing. And oh, look at that. All white male Judeo-Christian faith-based traditions. They didn't want to take the vaccine. They don't believe in the COVID theater. Two of them were military veterans. Oh, so this is all just a big coincidence now that this is coming out from a whistleblower that none of us knew. None of us even know who these people are. And now they're coming out and saying, hey, guess what happened to these guys and to others that we don't even know about? Yeah, lest anybody think that we help coordinate this. I have no idea who this person is. I've never met the person that did these disclosures. Apparently three of them. No idea. Here's uh, another quote coming right out of the article. Something in there real quick. Of course. Me too. I talked to their lawyer last week. I, I was getting a phone call. I was at the Y and I was about to go swim 
and I get a phone call and because I'd finished all my other stuff. Also, you were going to bring the tile, the, like the level of the water in the pool up by like <laughs> yeah, one tile. Yeah. yeah. And and so <laughs> my phone's blowing up and I'm like, he's a big guy, people. It. He's a big guy. He displaces a lot of water. All right. Yes. That's Archimedes principle at work. If you don't know how it is, it. look I, it up. I got it. I got right. it. Some I know you're probably like, what are they talking about? <laughs> but um, I answer the phone. I got bad service. And then I get a text. Hey, call as soon as you can or something like that. And so I'm like, you know what? This Those make us panic important. too. Do they not? Does that yeah. make you panic? Yeah. For sure. I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. So I, I just packed up my stuff. I didn't even shout. Nothing. I just left. I get in the parking lot. I call him back and he tells me what's going on. And I was like stunned, you know, like I'm like, I've known this. I've known this all along. And then I ended up talking to Carrie a little bit after that and probably to the attorney and to Carrie each for about 40, 45 minutes. But when I was talking to the attorney, I said, do I know this person who, who made this disclosure? And they said, no your paths have never crossed never once while you're in the FBI did your paths cross, but they were working on your case. Right. And it's like, Oh, okay. For so me, there's people don't even know us, man. There's a moment. And I know you experienced it too. Like you expect something to happen, right? Like you saw me get removed. You and I were in conversation about that. And it's like, it's probably going to happen to me. There's a difference between knowing something is going to happen and then seeing it actually happen. I'm sure you felt the same way. For sure. In the, sure. in the same way that knowing that there was a hit list that was basically on military veteran, Christian, <laughs> unvaccinated people who said like, no, this is a line for me and I'm okay with losing the job over it, but we shouldn't be specifically targeted outside of federal law. And we knew right. it was coming. And I do, I just, I just got like this feeling in my, my gut, like right now, like my, my chest feels hollow thinking about it again. It, right. it, it, it hollows you out. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, like a, it's, it's not a fear. It's an anxiety that you can't like, it's an, it's an unanchored anxiety that cannot be articulated to anybody who hasn't felt like something evil is happening. You know, it's going to happen. Then, you know, it actually is happening and you're watching it happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that is well said. I got to breathe it away, man. I got to breathe it away for a second. Yeah. You talk. I'm with you. Like you, it's hard. It's very hard to articulate. You know, I know every, you know, I, I feel like I've grown close with a lot of these people in the live chat, you know, and, um, some of them we've messaged on the side and there's some similar stories or some people who, who bought a t-shirt or whatever, similar type of things with them in the military. And, and it's like, yeah. And most people like really don't get it. And like, like we saw it, I think everybody who stood up against all the COVID theater and resisting the vaccine mandate, I don't care what, what branch of the government you were in, you started to see it there. And then someone like Kyle, me, Steve, others, and there are probably people watching, listening who, who know of other people. Maybe it's them. It, it happened to them or it's happening. And like, you see it, you feel it, you know, the truth of the evilness of it. And now I guess in a weird way, it's a blessing um, because it's only been a little over a year, you know, uh, where now we can look back and say, Oh, even more of the truth is starting to come out in our, in our time. Like, it's not like, you know, 15 years or 50 or like a hundred have gone by and we're finding out how evil and wicked all of this was. We're starting to find out in about a year, you know, a little over a year later, it's starting to all come out because I mean, honestly, in a way it's like, well, that's, that is the truth at work. Like I've struggled a lot with uh, the COVID years just being like, man, Satan is really hard at work on, on earth. And, and we know that he is. But where I struggle is sometimes I forget that that God is at work too, and all things are really marching to to His sovereignty, even though we may not understand it at times. And I think that's true about something like this. Like I was stunned 
even though it's something I already knew because like we knew the truth of all of this, but now that it's coming out, we're getting names, we're getting more details. Uh, and then you throw on this veteran piece on top of it that they're targeting vets. Like um, it's more insidious than we, than we knew. It is. I needed that minute to kind of recompose my thoughts. I started thinking about something I called, uh, and I think I've told you this before, but I certainly haven't said it publicly because it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty graphic. The other funny thing about being a paramedic, like I'm uniquely circum, you know, situated to not be all that worried <laughs> about some of the weird stuff that's happened to me. Like I know exactly yeah. what's wrong with my physical body. I've had evaluations of the BA. I've got a, a rating from, you know, doing the time that I did. We did some really, really aggressive training folks. If you've never seen what pararescue end doc looks like or combat control selection or some of the other kind of stuff that I was in, um, it's, it's, it could take a toll on you. It can, it could injure you in and of itself and did. Um, I, my record was, uh, was running to the toilet for diarrhea 13 times before noon. That was my military <laughs> record, which, uh, was not, I was constantly challenging that record. I would come right up to the edge of it on a regular basis. So I've got some GI issues. Some of it comes out of stress and anxiety. Um, when you sit in a pool uh, with your buddies, as my as my daughter now says, she listens to a lot of British stuff. So she was like, yeah, those are, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing my mates back at school. And I'm like, your mates? But when you're hanging out with your mates and you're in the water and you're waiting to get drowned over and over again, or you're staring at a blank wall and behind you, you can hear the sounds of your friends getting drowned because they're getting the shit beat out of them in the water. And you know that you're up next, but you don't know when they're going to call you. That feeling, somebody called it out in the chat and they were correct. The feeling of dread, it's a, it's a, it's a, just a heavy permanent anxiety. I had a lot of that. I've been gone for a while. It actually just came back today. Like, I think it came back in the middle of the night. It's like a dark blanket that sits on top of you. And it just sort of crushes and stifles everything you're doing. And everything sounds muted. I used to tell my wife, it felt like I was in a microwave where I could just hear kind of like a movement around me, but it wasn't real. It was just the blood pressure and pushing things around in my head. And so I had that my last couple of weeks when I was in the bureau and I showed up to work. I, I swear to God, this is before they actually removed me, before Thanksgiving of 2021. So it was as I knew it was coming. And it was, man, it was so freaking intense. It was, it was the most intense thing that I've had. And I've been, like I said, I've been thrown in solitary confinement. I've been put in a box. I've gone through Sierra school. I've been in a box the size of like a, like, I don't know, like for my body to be all balled up, I've rolled into it. I've sat in that before and I've done it for hours. I can go to sleep in a box that's tiny and I can't move. And there's, you know, you don't know if you can breathe. I've done that. I've stood in a box doing Sears school for hours on end, like 36 hours or whatever the hell it is that you stand in this thing. It's the size of a refrigerator. It's touching the top of your head and you're kind of like, you know, kind of skunked down in there. You got to pee and, and, and crap in a coffee can and you're just in there with it in the dark until they come and open the door and beat the hell out of you. And none of that was a big, that was funny. That was fun and funny. Weird. Definitely changes your world, but weird. I sat outside of the FBI's office in Las Cruces and it was a Monday. It was a Monday. I remember driving in because I remember my, my week's not going to start like this. And I sat there and as I drove up, um, I got ready to get out of the car and I was like, I was taking a moment to compose myself and like barely, like forgive the language folks. There's no other way to say this, but I sat there and I was like, I think I just shit myself because I couldn't control my bowels because like the, like the anxiety was so overwhelming to my body. It was so intense that I got up, looked, I'm like, I have a wet spot in my jeans. I was like, you can't make this up. I'm not starting my day with shit pants. Like I'm going home. I'm done for today. I'm calling in sick tomorrow. I took two days off of sick leave because of that for like literally for like mental health, for anxiety. And, and I called somebody on the way home and I called my boss, I think. And I was like, Hey, I got to go home. I'm not starting my day like this. And he was like, what happened? I was like, I shit myself. And he was like, are you all right? And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm not coming in tomorrow. I'm taking two days of sick leave. Put me on the, put me on the sick leave. I'll fill it in on, you know, on WebTA when I get home, when I get back in on Wednesday. That's how bad that was. 40 years old. Never had a problem with that before like that. You know, who does that? 
I can't think of anybody that's told me stuff that that is at that level. And like, man, that's intense, dude. And that's what we're looking at here. Let me read this stuff. I'm going to keep reading the uh, the thing rather than sit and dwell on that. During the process, Perkins, this is Dina Perkins, uh, was attempting to provide evidence so she could terminate this employee because he was disloyal to the United States. Quote, disloyal to the United States, the disclosure says. An employee advised that specifically at least two of the publicly known FBI whistleblowers were former members of the military, specifically Kyle Serafin and Garrett O'Boyle. Um, that's in the disclosure. Another FBI disclosure was sent to the Judiciary Committee included an accusation that the Security Division employee said the security clearance investigation of Mr. Serafin did not follow policy guidelines of the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. I'm telling you, we're, we're not just in the news, we're making news. Here's the best part. On Veterans Day, the FBI responded to all of this. Mm. On a, on, a, on a holiday weekend, I want you guys to get a grip of this. A holiday weekend where the government was not working on Friday. On a Saturday, they called in their Office of um, Public Affairs to give this statement. They called and asked the, FBI, uh, the Washington Times to retract the article and pull it down completely. She did not decide to do that. Okay? And then, this is the quote from the FBI, which they included, which I find very comical. And my, my tweet on this has been seen like over a quarter million times. Quote, it is wholly irresponsible for the Washington Times and this reporter to include outrageous and demonstrably false allegations that the FBI singled out former military employees. It is offensive that the Washington Times chose to publish on Veterans Day such baseless, unsubstantiated claims and include the names of FBI employees, one of which is a veteran. The FBI has not and will not retaliate against individuals who make protected whistleblower disclosures. We do not target or take adverse action against employees for exercising their First Amendment rights or for their political views, the FBI is proud to have many veterans in our workforce, and we thank all veterans for their service. Your take on that, Garrett O'Boyle. They literally have done all of the things they're saying they didn't do and won't do. They have done every single one of them. To me, you, Steve, Marcus, other people we know, and I'm sure other people we don't know, they've done it to every single one of us. And they, oh man, the gaslighting is is so maddening and angering. And then to demand that Carrie and the Washington Times take it down. I told Carrie I was glad that she was posting on Veterans Day because to show this malfeasance, this evilness of this government to say, hey, we're going to target our veterans because they're disloyal to the United States. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Dude. I'm so mad about all of this because I don't know Dina Perkins or Sean Clark or Veltri or some of these other people. I don't know their background, but I bet you, I bet you that in one day in Iraq, in one day in Afghanistan, I have done more for this country than they ever have done. But we're disloyal. Give me a break, dude. Mr. O'Boyle lost his security clearance after he testified before the House Judiciary Committee panel investigating the weaponization of federal government. His security clearance was suspended in September of 2022 over allegations that he leaked information about a criminal investigation into Project Veritas that the FBI said compromised the investigation. The disclosure said FBI Supervisor Sean Clark and Ms. Perkins were behind the scheme to punish Mr. O'Boyle. They allegedly transferred him across the country with the intent to suspend and financially devastate him. Clark bragged to at least one other FBI employee in SecD, the security division, that he was really going to screw, quote unquote, screw O'Boyle. We talked to Kurt Suzdak, and apparently that word is not screw. Apparently he said, I'm going to fuck the motherfucker. 
someone you've never met. In an interview with the Times, Mr. O'Boyle, who's sitting right here, obviously said he's never met or knew Mr. Clark or Ms. Perkins. He only learned about them because of the whistleblower disclosure. You want to say a little comment on that? And then maybe we'll reach out and see what uh, Sean Clark has to say. You guys want to hear what Sean Clark has to say? Give me a thumbs up in the chat if you'd like to hear if uh, Sean Clark wants to answer the phone and uh, talk to Garrett and I. You guys let me know. Throw the thumbs up. Garrett, I'll let you go ahead and start talking. You're looking for the van? Yeah. My, uh, no, my my littlest just pushed the door open. Good to go. So she may, she may crawl in here. But um, yeah, my comment on that is I, I didn't know these people. They don't know me. And the disclosure said it was a scheme. Hi, hi, Lucy. <laughs> she is. She's in. You guys want to see her? Yeah. Well, come on up here. Come here. Of course. Oh, come on. Oh, oh. Got an awful lot of thumbs in the chat right now. An awful lot of people saying thumbs oh. up. There's a little person. Look at this little one. Say hello. She was a newborn when you got canceled. Oh. Yep. Hi, Lucy. You know, they can't crush her either. You know? No. She, uh, uncrushable she's she's doing good but um yeah Beauty. my comments there are like the, the the disclosure said a scheme that they hatched a scheme or whatever let let's, um, let let me just read it right from there okay um according to the disclosure mr clark and miss perkins likely knew that mr o'boyle did not pass the information to project veritas or any other news media outlets right so they knew which i've known all along of course of course we they did because knew. because we know that we know the story of what went on there yeah, it's right. not public. It doesn't matter. But uh, yeah. there's let's put it this way. Kurt, uh, Kurt Suzdak actually has an affidavit from the person who did go to Project Veritas via Congress. Because we've talked about it with him off the record, and it is well known that it was not Garrett and the FBI yeah, and likely knew it, too. They had to have known it. They had to. Have, well, it says right here that they knew. So on September 26th, when they took my gun and my creds and all that. And were asking me questions about this. I told them, I was like, because they brought up Project Veritas. They brought up a Washington Times article and they brought up one other thing in the media. And I told them, I, I was like, nah, everything you're bringing up is are things I have taken to Congress, which I'm protected to do. And they were like, oh, well, this is different. This, these, are, these are separate matters. And I'm thinking, no, they're not. It's the only thing you did. Nothing's. There's nothing separate about any of this. You are coming at me claiming that I leaked things to the media when, in fact, I made protected disclosures about those things. And now you're saying that those things are different. And now we know from this whistleblower that they knew. They knew it then. And they did it anyways because they wanted to, what does it say, financially devastate me? Oh, yeah, but they're the good guys. They are the good guys, Kyle. The FBI are the good guys. Sean Clark is a good guy who's getting his pension right now because oh man dude yeah it's like i knew it but now that we're like getting more of this information it's it's you know bringing it all back and it's just like they're just wicked man they're evil evil and wicked is what that's the only words for this type of behavior maybe he's sorry the, oh, you think he's sorry i doubt it but let's find out let's call him right now sounds good while you're pulling that up, I will say this. That didn't work. Did you hear that? Did that yeah, come through on your end at all, um, Ryan? Yeah, it came through, but it was it was like bleeping. It was like half in like. Yeah, it was, it was like ducking a, out. A, 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 yep. Yeah. 
Well, should we should leave him a message. He can call me back. You want to leave a message? Yeah, let's leave him a message. All right, let's do it. And it's got like a... Sean Clark, this is Kyle Serafin. I'm calling with Garrett O'Boyle. We wonder if you wanted to comment on the recent Washington Times article alleging that you engaged in some pretty discriminatory behavior against Mr. O'Boyle and myself. You can call us back uh, at the number listed here on your screen. I'm sure you can see it. Give us a call back. We'd love to chat with you. We can do it on or off the record, whatever you like. Thanks so much. And uh, I hope you're enjoying your pension. We will never get to do that. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, that was really weird. I wonder why the voice was masked. Kind of want to call like, his boss. Uh, we'll call his like boss the, tomorrow if we hear back uh, from him. Special effect on there too, Kyle. It sounded like you had like one of the uh, settings on, like the voice disguisers on. <laughs> yeah, it did. Although we don't have any of them on, so that's bizarre, huh? Bummer. Yeah, weird. Well, Sean Clark, that was kind of a, one of the suspicions. I figured we'd at least leave a uh, leave just a little little message, letting him know how I feel about it. Um, any final thoughts on this? We'll wrap this sucker up. We're not going to get too much longer on that. We'll call him again. We might call him every week. It might be things that we do at the end of every show <laughs> until I get uh, until I get through. What do you think? I like the idea. <clears throat> yeah. I and guess my final thought, I, I, to, I told Kyle and, and Steve this, and Phil, um, in our private chat, that what I've really been struggling with, and honestly, it really came home to roost when we were driving the moving trucks from Virginia back to Wisconsin. And I was listening uh, to some sermons uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. This is um, Matthew 5. And the area I was in, uh, in my Bible, is titled, Love Your Enemies. And in verse 44, Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And boy, is that a struggle for me. Man, that is a struggle. And some of you know I, I write a Substack, and it's mostly just family and friends who follow along. Um, I've been approving more people lately, but early on, I started a series that I, um, I I entitled "Welcome to Nineveh," and I got through two parts. The first two actual posts I made were were that series, and I have at least four planned, um, but part three I have never circled back to because. It has to do with what I just said from Matthew 5, this love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I thought I had made uh, headways in that regard. And I think I do think I have, but I'm sure you saw some of my anger coming through today. And I do think it's righteous anger, um, but it's a fine line to walk between righteousness and love uh, for your for your enemies. So, man, it's an interesting it's an interesting dilemma. It's an interesting time to have a name, a face uh, to these people who've done this vile, wicked behavior to us when we are just people, me, Kyle, Steve, and others, we're just people who actually meant our oath. I meant that when I testified. I meant my oath. And I will stand for that oath no matter what, even if it means somebody like Sean Clark will quote, Fuck the motherfucker. How wicked and evil and vile is that? That's right. That's exactly right. I'm realizing there's a kind of a ticking noise going on. I'm wondering if that's the Bluetooth that doesn't like us. I'll just turn it off. Um, 
But thanks for coming on. Thanks for kind of sharing. I know we, I, I talk to you every day. Sometimes I forget that everyone else doesn't get to hear what you have to say all the time. I actually sort of like put it in my head that we're, that other people are hearing the things that I'm hearing because I share so much <laughs> of what goes on in my life on this podcast. But I do really appreciate you sharing it. It's str so strange to be someone that is uh, both making news, like I said, and in the news and part of the news as we talk about what's going on in this country. I always say news is what happens and, and sort of the commentary on the politics is like what we think about it and why what it means. And so that's what we're doing here. Uh, I know a lot of people are thanking you for your service and for uh, for what you've been doing in uh, in this country and the fact that you're kind of a quiet. We, we, we've kind of assigned some roles. You want to tell people the roles that we've kind of given the suspendables as far as like you, me and Steve, because we all kind of have a different little different thing. I feel yeah. like George Hill even has a different kind of a. Oh, for we have, sure. We have to find a spot for what his what his specific yeah. uh, character type is. They'd be like little um, they'd be like little figurines. Yeah, I mean, in, in my head, I'm the warrior monk. Kyle's the crusader. And Steve is like the like the noble person who who goes and tries to make amends and tell the the townspeople how how we're we're going to save the town and you know it's going to be a good fruitful season of crops or whatever. And meanwhile, I'm drinking mead and making mead and uh, reading my Bible. And then when it's time to fight, I'll bring my sword. Where Kyle, he's he's on the warpath, blazing the way all along, just swinging at anything that comes near. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong guys to screw with, it turns out. We all have our place. We all have our spot. Uh, folks, we really appreciate you guys joining us here. So many of you that have been watching. If you haven't hit the like yet on Rumble, please do that. Uh, let's plug your uh, your merch page, the uh, the O'Boyle family support team here with the-suspendables.com, the-suspendables.com. What shirt are you wearing right there? We can scroll down to it and show people. Oh, this is the blue line, last line, strength one. I think it's, yeah, I don't know. It's in the catalog there. <laughs> Ryan's going to find it. They're available now, though. And what the about this one? Are people able to buy this or is this just like a secret? Uh... Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's still that's still in the works, but we're getting closer. But with all of this stuff since Friday, man, I have really fallen behind. So I've got I've got a busy week ahead today. I don't know what the rest of the week is going to look like, but I've got a busy day today with with um, interviews and podcasts and whatnot. But uh, hopefully if you're waiting on an order, I apologize. But uh the, have to wait a little bit longer. The-suspendables.com, <laughs> the-suspendables with an S on the end of it.com and uh, promo code Kyle. What does it save them? Do you know? I don't even know. 10%, uh, I think. It's going to give you 10% there too. Yeah. It seems like a good percentage. Uh, I get nothing from that other than we know that we're supporting my buddy who's out there and uh, if he's making t-shirts, then he's not uh, he's not loading magazines and getting angrier. So uh, <laughs> at least he's doing that and they can look and see the ongoing industrious work of the O'Boyle family. Will not quit and will not be canceled. We'll just find a new a new way in. God closes one door and opens up the window for us. So Garrett has Amen. dove through the window. He's not stuck in it. Even though he's a big guy, he was able to get through the window <laughs> and he's making T-shirts um, in the garage. You're making all these things by hand, yes? Yeah. Most yep. people don't know that too. You're getting right. you're getting the fruits of the O'Boyle family labor. So do that. Um, also, we'll say thanks to uh, to MyPillow. They've been sending us a little check as well. If you guys want to check it out, Christmas coming up. A lot of you guys are using things like buying sheets. You use Christmas to buy the, like people used to hate socks. You remember when you were a kid, you hated getting socks. Um, today, like getting new towels is a big deal for my wife and I. Getting new sheets is something that we get excited about. Like I, I guess that's being a grown up. And getting socks sounds awesome because I was in the military and I wore boots for a long time. So I used to like lose my mind over socks and spend money on wool. Check out mypillow.com slash Kyle or use promo code Kyle if you go to MyPillow if you're uh, going through there and you can grab any of the normal things you'd get. You get all the same discounts you'd get from anybody else, much bigger influencers and whatever else they are, podcasts and so on, but you can do it. It'll support us. We get a percentage of the sales. It helps let them know that we're sending them your way. 
It's mypillow.com slash Kyle and or using promo code Kyle. They got pajamas. They got uh, sweatsuits. They've got slippers, which I know Ryan is always wearing. They wear the, the percale sheets. I've got to reach out to them. They're going to send me some stuff, too. We're going to probably start putting percale sheets on my kiddo's bed. So anyway, check out mypillow.com slash Kyle if you want to do that. I know a lot of you guys like their stuff. Mike has a whole promo. He'll he'll spiel you. That's what he does. I always used to say like Mike is kind of like a used mattress salesperson, but he's like really good at doing that because people kind of like hearing it. He's got that carnival barker thing. Anyway, a nice man uh, who's been also persecuted by the police state. So we rec- we recognize that and you guys hope you'll keep supporting it. I was just talking to my um, my best friend from high school the other day and he was like, oh, I've never even heard of MyPillow. Like, what the hell is that? I'm like, well, <laughs> they're not at Walmart anymore. I'll tell you that much. You got to go direct MyPillow.com, use slash Kyle or promo code Kyle. Uh, Ryan, do we miss anything? What's the wrap up look like? Anything else we missed? That's it, man. That's it. That is the whole thing. Folks, you you could follow Ryan Matta on Ryan Matta Media. It's at Ryan Matta Media on Twitter. And we appreciate if you want to do that. You can follow him on on, uh, Rumble, at Ryan Matta as well. And uh, a couple other places, Instagram, it's Shots by Matta. A couple of other good things. He produces the show in the background. He's the one who's bringing up all the videos. We meet early and get this thing put together for you, where we stream it live at 0930 Eastern Time or 830 here in Texas, America. Did we run long today? Yes. Will I give my friend Garrett O'Boyle as much time as he can handle? I will indeed. We appreciate it. Join us on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Give us a thumbs up. Make sure you click the like button. Looks like we almost cleared 300 for the show. Um, no, we're well over that. I think that's the new uh, level. We're at 333 right now from what I can see. So folks, uh, make sure you've hit that before you leave and leave us a five-star re- review on Apple. We're starting to get some of the haters coming in. We got the Bongito hater crowd coming in, leaving <laughs> things saying they don't like people. So it's time for you guys to go and say you like an episode. You can like every single episode. You can leave a review or you don't have to. You can simply give us five stars on Apple, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. And we read the ones from the Apple where we're almost at 800 right now. This one from John J 69er. Okay, John, you got me on that one. Thank you, five stars. Thank you for having the guts and morals to give up your career and expose from firsthand knowledge what our top law enforcement agency has become. It feels familiar. I read a lot of these things. I don't know if I've read that one already, but if not, thank you, John J. 69er. You get your name read twice. Uh, Thanks so much for leaving those. Go leave your own and we will read it for you. We do really appreciate you guys supporting it. This show is for you. The support is done by you. So check out Four Patriots, check out Patriot Coolers, check out Catholic vote and all of our friends. And let's do a couple of the rumble rants. Throw them back up there, Ryan. I got to lean forward to read them. Okay. We had Eric Jason throwing five bucks saying smash the like button. Let's get the suspendable likes up. We got P Sturgis saying thanks for what you do to me and Garrett. Appreciate that. Tack penis. Always good for a good one. He said, how many of those Austin protesters came across the open border? It's a hell of a question. And it does seem like an awful lot of them. Seems pretty, pretty strange. Uh, Cup of Joe throwing two bucks down saying, I don't think half like three is a game. (laughs) It's actually uh, the real life. Columbine is a stupid, useful socialist zombie influenced by evil jerks. That's a hot take from cup of Joe. I'll take it on a Monday morning, getting us fired up. Uh, K daily five, three bucks in. This is a fantastic, fantastically crazy town. I don't watch the news. So I appreciate you sharing and the commentary. That's what we're here about. Not many of you have the patience to go and look at all the dumb things that we've seen. Uh, We got another one here. Uh, Tack Penis saying, Kyle, God has always seen it. And when the struggles arise, uh, he provides a way to escape. Look where you and Garrett and friend are right now. It's true. Yeah, he sees and knows that we stood up to evil. And the last one, the effing border is where they all came from. So thanks for all of the, the Rumble Rants you guys are doing in the chat. We do see them. We'll throw them at the end of the screen. Folks, uh, we will see you again tomorrow with a, with a full show. I got one more video that I didn't want to do today. I'm going to save it because there's a new government agency that Mike Benz and I might be talking about. Uh, we will see you tomorrow, 0930 Eastern, and have a safe and blessed day. Be careful out there. 
The police state is coming for all of us, and you guys might be next. See you soon. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live weekdays on rumble.com slash Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter, Truth Social, and Instagram at Kyle Serafin.